This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Good afternoon, Fox fans. How the devil are we? I tell you what, it helps if I press the right buttons, doesn't it? <laughs> and hopefully, if when I'm pressing the right buttons, it's not working. There I am. You thought I wasn't here. I tell you what, it's not water, this it's champagne. Whoa, what was that? Potential banana skin? No, it was never in doubt, was it? Five of the best from Leicester City. Leicester City 5, Sheffield United 0. We won. Come on, how do we feel? Do you not feel like that after the fifth one went in? It was men against boys out there today, wasn't it? Could have been 6 7 or even 9. That was in Inacho's uh, in first Premier League hat trick. Even Perez scored. Was it better than sex? <laughs> it's the post match show with special guest, Xbox Julian Watts. Let's ask Julian what he thinks. Julian, was that better than sex for you? <laughs> <laughs> I think if it, if it was, Chris, you must be doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> I am a uh, single man now, so come on. <laughs> uh, no, it was a great performance. Makes for an enjoyable afternoon uh, uh, watching that. Very, very comfortable. And um, I think at 1-0 we might have worried a little bit, but once that second one went in, it was, uh, like I say, it was a done deal. 
Going to say welcome back to uh, Matthew Bond, back after an absence. I was worried, Matthew. Where have you been? Did you break down abroad? Nice to have you back, mate. Welcome back. Uh, Michael Gamble, yes, you told me there would be goals. Indeed, you did. And as Stephen Collins says, what the hell has just happened? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to have a chat. Let's bring Brad in. And I know for Brad, that was better than sex for you, wasn't it, Brad? It was been that long, I forgot what that feels like. So, yeah, it was. It was about as close to excitement and euphoria as I've been getting recently. So, it was definitely much needed. A happy ending last week and <laughs> better than sex this week. I'm doing, I am definitely doing something wrong here, aren't I? Julian, no match midweek. I think it made a difference. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to be honest. That I thought Sheffield United were really, really awful. You talk about a team that look and are going down. They just looked like they had no fight whatsoever. thought they made it really, really easy for us. They didn't really press us that much uh, in our half. So, you know, the, the fact that we have had a bit of a breather and the fact that the opposition was in front of us. And at the end of the day, we've still got to go and play and beat what's in front of you. Uh, and we did it convincingly. Uh, and I, it was one-way traffic all the way through. I, I don't think they had a shot on target. I saw that stat appear or pop up near the end of the game and they did not add anything on target which uh, you know for, for them is really really poor but so uh, we, we you know we did the job and I think at 1-0 when there was a few chances that you know went by from Vardy that you, you could have sort of started to worry a little bit that it might you know they might go up the other end and get one but uh, like I said as soon as that second one went in you know it was just such an easy game to play for the lads. I know uh, Brad, that you don't like uh, stats at all, but I think even you, even you are going to have to say that these are going to be worth looking at. And just sort of p picking up on what uh, Julian said there, not one yeah. shot on goal. Yeah. Um, they had one shot in the whole game. Uh, we had, I mean, I mean, look at that. We had 19 shots, 10 on target. I mean, it was men against boys, wasn't it? I mean that that I mean that's disrespectful to the under 23s isn't it because they were worse than that we just said didn't we just before we came on that, that was like that was worse than like a league 2 opposition getting a, a bonus tie in the FA Cup third round and getting humbled by a side putting out a strong squad it was worse than that wasn't it they were just they weren't just a played like a side that were down they played like a side that was ready for Blackburn next week in the championship like the Reds were already there and it was just you know like Julian says you can't beat what's in front of you certain teams Manchester United have failed to do that at some point this season against Sheffield United and they have shown you know be careful be they careful can. they may say they may say Fulham back to us well yeah but you know I'll take that I'll take that after, uh, after the comprehensive victory and I think it was needed because, you know, the last couple of games, I mean, be before we played Burnley, let's go back to that, we sat here, didn't we, guys? And we said, we need about seven points. I said seven points is take we needs to be taken out of Burnley, Brighton and Sheffield United. And we've done that. And I think that might just for me, when you look at our run of games we've got, we've got four or five games of teams not really doing much or, or they're in trouble, like Newcastle, Southampton, etc., as long as we do the same there, I think top four's pretty much sewn up already. I don't, I, yeah. I think that has probably done us enough to not be so panicky yeah. about top four. Yeah, as Bookline says there, just to cut in, seven points in three banana skin games. That's what we were talking about, as you just pointed out then, Brad. Yeah. Good afternoon, Bookline. Julian, lose the manager. Good afternoon. And Sorry, lose the manager. Um, Julian, and they are not down yet. And I expect once a team, usually once they're actually um, mathematically down, they start playing better because the pressure's off and they can just go out and enjoy it. But they've just lost the manager. They're still not mathematically down yet. There was just no fight in them, wasn't it? I mean, you know, I thought they would go out and give a performance to sort of say, you know, th this is for you, Chris. Not me, Chris Wilder, I should say. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think I think they're lucky that the fans weren't in the ground today because, you know, I mean, I've, I've played a game when, you know, I've been in a relegated team and played the last game of the season. We were already down. 
and what the fans want to see is is some fight. I mean, it's not mathematically over, but it you know it is over, especially with performances like that. You know, they are going to get yeah. relegated, but you know, even at that point, the fans are still with you if you go out there and you give hundred percent and you get your tackles in. And you, but they didn't really put a lay a finger on us as opponents today. It was it was such a passive performance. Uh, I've got quite a few mates who are Unitedites, and you know they'll they'll be so unhappy with that. Uh, and, and it was just for us to go out there and, and do what we did, and we, and we did it in absolute style. And there were some massive sort of positives, performance-wise, uh, from individuals and, and as a, you know, as a team. So you know, great day for us. Sad day for Sheffield United. I know Chris and really honest, hard-working guy. And what what's happened to him this week doesn't really seem right, but that's football. You know, the decisions are made. I've said it before by people at the top who probably aren't football people, but they, they've got the money so they can uh, pay the money and, and make the decisions. But uh, yeah, sad, sad for the club, for Sheffield United. But, uh, you know, like I say, some real good positives for us today. Just to stick with you for a minute there, Julian, then, because you, as you just said then, you know Chris Wilder. The stories that are coming out are that he walked, you know, although they said it's mutual, you know, decision, mm. that he walked. And I, I, having spoken to a, Rob in the Sheffield United in the Opposition View show, and then we got Jeff in the preview show, both of those saying that he didn't get on with the owner and, you know, he, he, he wanted to do things his way. And, he's a you know, he, he comes across as a proud man and as a manager – and yes, all right, he's not made the best signings this year. Both the Sheffield United fans said that. But there was talk about them bringing a football director in. But he wants to run that team his way. He's the manager. Yeah, I mean, we saw that at Newcastle. I'm trying to think of who went in. And it was someone who didn't actually get on with the manager. And, you know, if, if you're bringing a director of football in, it needs to be someone that you know and you trust because you can't have that guy behind your back going to the chairman and saying, actually, he's not doing a great job here. You know, so, uh, and as far as Chris goes, I don't know, you know, the mutual consent thing. He's a massive United fan, you know, and he's yeah. loved the manager of that club and he's put his heart and soul into it. So for him to leave on whatever circumstances... Uh, he, he would have been really happy. I did hear some rumours around the January time that he'd got four transfer targets that he wanted to bring into the club and um, it, from high, higher up in the club, uh, he wasn't allowed to do that. And I think that may have been the sort of start of the downfall of that relationship because, like I say, they were from the names that I heard, he'd got some real good potential signings to come in. Uh, and But it, was, uh, it wasn't okayed by by the people with the uh, purse strings. Um, and, and and again, in that position, they probably did need to invest a bit more in the team to have a chance of uh, staving off relegation. I think I think the two the two Sheffield United fans again said both of them virtually sort of said they they've got they've got the Prince Harry of the Saudi royal family. <laughs> He's the one <laughs> member of the royal family over there with with, with no money. Yeah. Uh, Brad, I mean, Kurt saying here. Quite rightly. We'll come on to the game in a second. Evening, lads. Evening, Kurt. Nice to have you along. I think we're all shouting to get rid of Nacho in January. I mean, I when I did my score predictions, and I've been pretty boring for the last two or three weeks, I've always gone for a 2-1. It came off against Brighton. But I always thought that watching Leicester, that we could always concede a goal. The defence all, you know, with the problems we've had with injuries at the back, we always looked like whenever we played, we could concede a goal. But let's face it, you know, our tie owners could have opened a brothel next door to the ground and Sheffield United would still be there trying to score, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of them games that we, we've been fortunate enough not to say that too many times about our own side um, throughout the season. That I think you could have played another 90 minutes and Sheffield United you know, not only would have not scored, but Leicester would have easily broken many a record. I think they'd have scored about 15 goals in total if they'd have played another 90 minutes the way it was going. Um, it was just it was just one of them. I think you've pretty much summed up Sheffield United. There's so much trouble going on in and around the club. Chris Wilder is Sheffield United born and bred through the things. He's dragged them through the divisions. It's a bit weird the dismissal and I did I did say it at the point when I heard about it I don't get it it was strange you know even if you think it's a foregone conclusion that the down you know before today's mm. performance he's the guy you want there and the players and the fans would have wanted to to to, to have built them back up and, and and who knows fired them because they're a good side Sheffield United and last year they earned a lot of 
praise and a lot of plaudits from from fans and uh, you know maybe that January thing was more the owner saying I'd rather save the money and have us go down and and, and not and not fall into a you know and be able to rebuild from there I don't know there's only there's only a handful of people that know what went on at Sheffield to be honest with you with what happened with that mm. you must have love love Benny sorry I just got distracted by Brooklyn with his <laughs> comment there <laughs> he got distracted um, by Benny Hill, haven't haven't we all in the past? Yeah. You know, I think he was referring yeah. uh, referring to my jokes. Uh, Rob, going to say good evening to Rob. Uh, great to eat humble pie. Nacho is king. <laughs> he changed last week. I tell you what, Nacho, I, I'm prepared to eat humble pie, and even even Perez had a good game today. Um, but Vardy. Didn't get on the score sheet. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. It was one of the posts I put up where we scored, Julian. You know, Vardy, Inacho, and Perez. We win 5-0. I never thought I'd be putting Perez, <laughs> Inacho, Hattrick, and Perez as scorer and not have a Jamie Vardy there. But in the last three games against Sheffield United, he scored or he has provided an assist. We're seeing another side to Jamie Vardy, aren't we? Where he's not going to get us maybe 20 goals a season, but he's going to be involved in 20 games a season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of people questioning his form and I'm not really on that bandwagon, if I'm honest. I think that, um, you know, he's got a lot to his game. I think he's been missing a lot of service uh, with Madison being out, you know, and people are saying he's not running in behind, but he's, it's just the fact that he's not had the same quality behind him providing uh, for him and we saw today that you know the Perez pass for the first goal and, and that's what he feeds off and if he's got players that are capable of you know putting those passes through that are dissecting a back four or a back five he'll get onto them because what I noticed today I thought the, the front if you call Perez the front three uh, they worked so well together as soon as we got the ball high up the pitch they were always making uh, positive runs allowing you know Perez to stay in that pocket and, and get on the ball and for me that that was one of the huge you know positives and and again you know we shouldn't get carried away either way with you know Iniesta and and Perez they're both good players both had bad times but you know against a, di a different team it would be harder for them but today they really thrived in in that atmosphere of of what they were or what was put in front of them uh, and I thought the link up play between them was fantastic. Vardy never stopped running and, and you know, like, and created the two goals. Uh, and then, obviously, the third one, the OG. So, I thought he put a great shift in today. Uh, and yeah. I think, you know, I think from now you'll see, I think Perez and Iniacho, they sort of seem to play with a smile on their face. It's like the confidence is back. The, you know, Perez in the position probably that he would, if he was picking the team himself, he would put himself in the in the 10 role that he played today. Iniacho's been more involved and more likely to be involved. So, it might be a confidence thing with him because they certainly had a spring in the steps and they showed that with the goals and the performances. Indeed. And, and, and Brad, I mean, you know, uh, you know, you, I, I said in the pre-match show with Josh that it is only Sheffield United and we, you know, but you can only play what's in front of you. Um, this week it happened to be Sheffield United. Earlier in the season, though, Inch, Inacho and, and, Vard, uh, and Perez probably wouldn't have played the way they played today. You know, we look at the Fulham games and games like that early on in the season, but it clicked today. And if you know, if you were based it on today's game, you'd have those three up front every time, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, you take it off a, off that basis. There was there was a lot that went right today, you know, and um, you know, like you say, you don't want to get carried away. You don't want to read too much into it, but. Considering you're talking one striker got a hat trick and one missed three Vardy style chances. You'd still argue that Vardy was probably, you know, you could argue with him being man of the match today because he did the. Oh, I think Brad has frozen, Julian. You know, I know um, he praise um, oh. things he does off the ball. You know, he got two assists today. Um, he would have got a third had it not been for an own goal because I think that was going straight through to Kalichi for it, which would have been his fourth. Um, you know, you're talking about a player. It just summed himself up in a nutshell. He, he Brad, missed three Brad, chances, you, couldn't get on the score sheet for Luffin Money today and still found a way to be very impressive. You might want to reload because you keep freezing. Right, I don't know what's going on, lads, because you're not... But, I, mean, I mean, Julian, 
I felt sort of I mean, somebody said here, you fickle fans, but that's just being a football Oops. fan, isn't it? You know, we 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 love a player one minute, the next minute, he, you know, he scores. He doesn't score, we hate him. Then he gets a hat-trick, we love him. That's just what being a fan is, isn't it? Yeah, that's supporters. I've got, you know, I think I look at the game differently, but definitely as a supporter, you do. They can, you know, someone can miss a sitter and he's, you know, he's the worst player on the pitch and the next week, you know, and particularly with Ineacho, you know, he's chipping in with the goals and then it seems to sort of extend this into his performance. I thought he linked up really well today. Perez looks so happy on the pitch today, but again, he was allowed to play in that number 10 role, obviously, because we matched their shape with the with the three centre-backs, that he was allowed in there. And against a better team, he probably wouldn't get that freedom and might have to do a bit more work coming back. But it's certainly something that's really positive that, you know, the manager can look on again uh, as a possibility. And you might try that because if you, you can force your formation on another team, you know, you can, you can have that effect on them and maybe you don't have to do the defensive work. So it, it just clicked really, really well today. And like I say, I talked earlier about a lot of positives out of the game today. And that, for me, was the biggest, which was those three players, the way they linked, the way they worked, obviously the goals coming from them as well. Uh, I thought I thought there were some outstanding performances. Mark Chawner, I can just say, um, I can't believe that you've come on to this chat and you've used that sort of language. Mark, I am really disappointed that you have used the T word. I can't believe it. I can't. You said Peter Taylor. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare Bang you? Get him, get him, come on. No swearing on me like that. That's profanity. <laughs> that comes under the C word and everything, mate. You can't use that word on me. <laughs> but, Brad, I mean, again, yes, we are fickle. I'll admit, totally, I am fickle. It, I can say that is being a fan. But as Andy said here, uh, good afternoon to you, not Andy, but welcome along if I haven't. At 2 0 down, the heads were in it. I mean, the surprise for me is that we only went in at 1 0. But once we got that second goal, to be honest with you, I just thought the floodgates were going to open, which they virtually did. Yeah, you know, if you if you really want to try and somehow be a bit of a, a negative Nelly on this one and try and pick out something that wasn't completely positive, it was literally the fact we came in half-time only 1-0 up. Mm. But Sheffield United looked like a panic side that were just there to make up the 11 players that Leicester have to play against today because they, they had about nine men behind the ball. So, you know, it was just one of them. And, and, and even then, you know, obviously we found a way to eventually break them down. Um, a few people that I saw through the game were messaging me. And, I mean, I had the joys of Chris Sutton on commentary today when I was listening to it. Um, that, which that's was, almost you know, up there with the, with the T word, I know, the S word. But it, it, was, it was very nice to hear him have to bite his tongue and actually give us some praise. Um, so I did enjoy it a little bit. But I have yeah. to agree with him, which is not something I always do, um, obviously. But he even said that even in the first half, the one downside you could say about Leicester is, I think they expected Sheffield United to be defensive, but I don't think they expected them to be that defensive and that negative. And and once we got going and the flowing started, you could see a goal coming. And I think if we'd have got it going maybe five or ten minutes earlier than we did, we probably would have come in half-time 2-0 up anyway. It was just a case of when it's 1-0, no matter who you're playing, you always feel like that second goal's needed. And like you said, once Perez hit that one in for 2-0, mm. even if you thought there was only going to be one one winner from the start anyway, there definitely was after that. And it it, it just it just showed throughout from, from to, to the final whistle which side was where they are. Yeah, Julian, I mean, I've put down here before we did even score, in, you know, Inacho was having a good game generally. And then they sort of said that Sheffield United failed to score or have failed to score in the opening 45 minutes in 23 Premier League games. It's now, well, it was 22, it's now 23. I've got to give credit to Soyuncu because I thought, and I have been critical of him, I was critical of him pre-match. I don't like three at the back. I prefer the four, but, you know, he's gone with the three. He, he seems to be sticking with that. It came off today. But I thought Soyuncu, who's not looked comfortable in that back three role for the last couple of games against these teams towards the bottom, 
he wasn't bothered, was he? I mean, I know this is only Sheffield United, but, you know, no disrespect, you know, you make a mistake as a defender, and <laughs> it often leads to a goal. But I thought Soyuncu Chu had a, had a decent game today. I thought it was excellent. And, you know, like I say, they, they didn't really put us under a lot of pressure. Uh, Formation-wise, you know, we, we matched their formation. So, you know, that made life quite easily positionally. Um, they did, the back three didn't have a lot to do. What they did, they did well. I know Fafana got their header uh, for, for the goal and, you know, set, set that off rolling. Uh, but like I say, with the shots, they had one shot, none on target. You know, it wasn't a troubling afternoon. I think looking at that stat that you mentioned about Sheffield United not scoring in the opening half, I think the way they set up against teams is always everywhere they go, they're sitting quite deep. And that's, you know, when you're having your, when you're having to ask your strikers to drop back into their own half, if you do win the ball back, you've got little options or not really anywhere to go. So I, I feel like they, they sort of like sit back and try and soak up as much as they can. And then hopefully... Maybe you know, maybe change a gear in the second half. But obviously, when you go a goal down, you know that plan A is straight out of the window. Uh, and then obviously the second goal because it comes out, you know, goes in. And it's very difficult when you're in that mindset. I think we've touched on this before that when you sit back and it's in your mindset that we're sitting back, we're keeping the other team in front of us. To then have to change that, you know, right on its head, 180 degrees, and say, right now we're actually going to get at them and we're going to go forward. It's quite a difficult. Uh, thing you know for a team to change mid midway through a game uh, and like uh, Andy said you know at 2-0 you know they, they look gone for me the performance it looked like a group of players and they would have had a really close relationship with Chris because I know three of them who started today came through you know from from the league one days and they looked like it, you know this week's news has really affected them you know, there was no spark whatsoever in any one of the players. You know, Billy Sharp's normally running around kicking a few people. He's got, you know, he's got that aggression in him. I didn't see any of that from any of the players. It, it just looked like everything. It was like, you know, a big downer on the performance and they couldn't yeah. seem to get out of that. And, and, and hence the way they played and the way we played and, you know, the end result of it. And Andy, I'm going to presume that you've done the maths more than me. Um, you're saying there uh, we just need five to win five more games than we guarantee Champions League football. Um, Brookline says here, and I'm going to bring this point up with you in a second, Brad. Um, one small detail I like Vardy curved his runs and stayed on side and worked the channels, attacked from the sides. Tell you what, and he's never been slow in getting back to defend, but I thought to be honest with you, Vardy was all over the pitch today. Yeah, and something I've also been noticing, so was Kalichi Acho. I saw him pick up the ball and, you know, something that confidence brings. He was picking up the ball in his half and instead of being a bit loose with his foot in and getting and getting the ball stuck underneath him, he took that ball in his stride. He turned and, 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 and tried to find Vardy on the front foot. And I know we don't want to get carried away with it, but I... I I made a point actually on Leicester City FC that, that obviously they do their post-match straight afterwards. And I said, not to get carried away, but have we just seen that Leicester have been working on a way to get another full season out of Vardy? When maybe, you know, people have questioned things are dropping off a little bit with Vardy, which is natural. He's 34 and, he, you know, he's, he, he, you know, he's, he's, he's of defying age, isn't he, for a footballer at the top yeah. level. Of a game. Normally, if you see a 34-year-old in the Premiership, they're on a West Brom, Southampton, sort of low league positions. Which is no disrespect to the clubs, still Premier League strikers, but they're not normally competing at the top echelons of football. And I felt today that he got, you know, he's got two assists. And he could have got a third, and he became pretty today. He, he he kind of went right. It's not happening for me in front of goal. I'm going to turn provider, and people like myself. And I'm sure at points you guys have been the same, thinking that if Ineacho was going to click at Leicester, he needed to be in a front two, not trying to replicate Vardy and do it on his own. Have we maybe just seen a way that, you know, where Leicester fans' heads may have been going, or Vardy might become more of a bit part player next season. If this is how it's going to go forward, and I know we've still got Harvey Barnes and you'll have to fit that in around it because he's obviously a left-sided player. But if you can find a way to get Madison, Nacho, Vardy, Barnes, etc., in a side, do you need to change too much if they can work on it now? Because he provided something today and his pace ran them ragged today. Despite the quality of the opposition, he looked like a player that was still just as good and capable. 
I know you said we're out of time now, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> I always have my one man. I saved it for that moment. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be short, sweet answers from now on. Good night, everybody. It's Monday morning. How are we feeling? I want to say a hello to Rich from Rich Sports, um, a big Man United fan. He's going to be coming on uh, Thursday night to talk to us about the FA Cup game. A little bit worried, are we, Rich? Um, I would be, I mean, if you've just watched that game. Yes. Um, can I just say, like you, Rich? I think Ollie's doing a good job this year, but I hope uh, I hope West Ham get a point off you today. Um, I do. Uh, Mark Chorna here. Yeah, Mark here. Thought Les Barla looked very lively when he came on. Another great prospect. Um, Inacho. Uh, Inacho showing his Manchester City um, form. Um, he, he, we, we've all said he's, he's had a good game. Good evening to Max Pickering. How the devil are you, Max? Welcome along. I think it's the first time I've seen you on here. Welcome along. Uh, great result. It is indeed. Um, and we've got to say hello and welcome to him. It wouldn't be the show without our resident Villa fan, Stefan Fix. Good evening, Stefan. How the devil are you? I've seen you try to join the group on Facebook as well. You must be happy with the score. We are, and I'm glad to say that Villa fans are still watching Leicester to see how to play a good game of football. There we go. Nice to have you along. Um, Julian, half-time, Ricardo came off, or Brighton came on. I still haven't seen why that happened. Was it? Just, I mean, it was like for like. Was it just to give Ricardo a rest or, or just, I don't, I don't know. It was, it could say it's almost like for like. Yeah, I, I would say at that point of the game, he must have had an issue. Whether I mean, and it could be just something that he's feeling a, a slight strain, and rather than you know going you know exacerbate it, you know just give him that breather that he needs. Obviously, all Brighton can come in and play that role all day long. Like I say, I've not seen anything either, Chris, but uh, I, I would assume that's the case. If you were resting someone, you'd probably let them play sixty minutes and then drag them. But for it to be a half time, that's when they've gone in, spoke to the physios. This is the issue. Blah blah. What, what are we going to do about it? And the decisions then made, you know, and like I say, yeah. uh, you know, we've got we've got the right person to come in and fill that spot for him. So uh, yeah, no harm done, and hopefully it's not nothing too serious. It's possibly saved, you know, made him available for next week. We've got so we've got so many injuries, we can't afford any more. I want to just again stick with you, if I can, Julian, as as, as an ex player, because what I noticed, and it was commented on on the BBC site as well was that after Inacho got his third goal, which Vardy had, had just played a marvellous curve ball you know, behind their players for him to score, he made a point of going over to Vardy, pointing at Vardy and basically giving him a bear hug. You know? And it's nice to see, you know, when players score and they actually acknowledge the, the help they got with the setup. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can. See, I mean, they do do that anyway. But I think you can see with that that they, they have got a good relationship. I mean, in the squad, you know, six months ago, they'd probably be classed as rivals. Obviously, today, being on the pitch together, you know, it changes that a little bit. But you do find that you get the camaraderie in, in the positions that you're playing. You know, you have, you know, I always got on great with Matty Elliott, and you know, unfortunately for me, he played a lot when I, you know, in, in my in my absence, kind of thing. So, but we, we still had a great relationship, and you backed each other up. And it was just the same with those two guys today. He's realised today that, you know, Jamie Vardy's put in a great shift, worked hard, provided, you know, goals for him, put him, I mean, the first one was absolutely on a on a plate, really poor defending, but, you know, still have to get in there and finish it. And, and Vardy was at it all afternoon. His movement was absolutely fantastic right through, as was. And I think it, you know, you're talking about, I think Brad said that Iniacho got back in and tackled as well. I think when he looks at Jamie Vardy doing that, it gives you that inspiration and, you know, that's what I need to be doing as well. And, you know, all three of them, I thought Perez worked hard and I thought he had a good game. I thought all three of them were, were really live and it would be interesting even against, you know, better teams to see if we could keep, you know, keep those three, uh, you know, on the pitch together because they look like they'd cause a problem for any team. I mean, it's nice to look at this again, Brad, and this is the table post-match. Um, we're up to second. We know that might not, <laughs> be there for long, depending on the Man United uh, West Ham result later. But it doesn't really, it doesn't show it there. But one thing I hadn't realised is that apart from Manchester City, we have won more games than any other team 
in the Premier League. Yeah, but it's just testament to the fact that we've not dropped, you know, to, to the stats mm. that we've required over the season. We've never dropped out the top four, you know, and, mm. and, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but that doesn't look like changing unless something dramatic happens at Leicester to change that. Ooh. You know, that's why I put the safety. That that's why I put the safety unless in there. Um <laughs> And I think it's just testament to the lads digging in deep. You know, you know, sometimes through Brendan's tenure, he's been questioned, and I've never liked it because it's a difficult division to play in. But sometimes a lot of our fans are questioning, oh, this is where Brendan's goes from being can't quite be classed as a world class manager because when when the when they need to take advantage of results, they don't do it. They bottle these big games. You know, there was a lot of questions last season about that semi final against Villa. And I think this was it. This was this was the performance that kind of shut that up a bit because I came out after the um, after the Burnley game against Everton um, yesterday and, and and you know Leeds drawing with Chelsea. And I said that's two huge games. And I stated because if Leicester won today, which they have obviously we've gone on to do, forget this talk about West Ham and Chelsea. It's all about getting rid of your opposition lower than that. So the least competition you have for these spots, the better. Everton and I who were main talks for top four with Carl Ancelotti being in charge, you know, two, two, two months ago, were up there as one of the sides that might sneak in with Leicester to break up that top four. They're 10 points behind us. Mm. They're 10 points behind us. All them games in hand that they were whispering about and saying they could catch up and do this and do that. Look where they are now. 10 points behind Leicester and they're sixth. I think Spurs might have taken that if they are one to look like someone commented. But they're, you know, they're still 10, 9, nine points. West Ham, if they draw or lose, I mean, I actually, as much as I'd love to finish second, the fact that the fact that we'd still be within a point of Manchester United, if I had to pick a perfect result, it would be the draw today. I just feel that we're starting, if we keep doing what we're doing and we get these statement wins like we have done today, there's not a chance that these teams can catch us because they're they're, they're more inconsistent than we have been. And I think I've just got a good feeling there. Julian, um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Stephen, Stephen Collins says here, um, just bring it up, shout out for the ladies team today, great win against Durham. I think the ladies could have beaten Sheffield United, couldn't they? And that's no disrespect to the ladies' team that they're going to get, hopefully, get promotion. But it's true, and it is only Sheffield United, and they did play awful. And and somebody, Rob, said here, feel um, don't get carried away. Sheffield United at the lowest ebb of the season. But somebody posted before we got the first goal, you could see this being one of those games where Leicester have all the chances, we can't put it away, and then. You know, they, they nip up in the 89th minute and score one and beat us 1-0. And that was what was pleasing for me, is that it's very easy to say, only Sheffield United, they've lost their manager, they're at the bottom of the league. You've still got to go out there and beat them. And we did that easily. Yeah, I mean, I think at 1-0, I wasn't sort of worried. I just... Watching the game, I just felt like, it. you know, we, we were in sort of second gear. It was played for us at such a canter. And I couldn't believe, you know, what I was actually seeing. Um, so, you know, they, they did have to beat what was in front of them, as we keep saying. Uh, and, and we did it. You know, it, it was a great performance. Um, and they weren't there today, Sheffield United, and we weren't. It's got to really spur us on going into the next games. And, you know, like Brad says, we don't want to jinx anything. But, you know, the other teams below us have still got to win all their games as you know, as we win ours as well. So that yeah. that top four spot, you know, I know we've got harder fixtures right at the death of the season, but you know, we're, we're looking like a really good team at the moment. We've got, you know, the injuries that we've had, we've we've sort of really managed unbelievably well. I feel with them because you know, I know Liverpool are saying they've had a similar or worse injuries, and, and and look where they are, which just again shows what we've had. We've had a few younger players coming in, uh, doing good jobs, you know, and we've got a few players hopefully coming. You know, back in the in the coming weeks, uh, we're in a really good place, really, really good place. They were saying, I think the commentator said today, this isn't Leicester's strongest eleven, but it wasn't a million miles away for me. No, I'm going to come on to you in a second, Brad, because I've been waiting to ask you this all show. I just want to ask, say one, what ask what Julian one quick question. The note I've, point I've got down here is 
what I was impressed with today was our closing down. And we haven't been doing that, I don't think, in recent games. But, my God, we were going through every ball. We lost the ball. We won it back. <laughs> there was another, It was a 50-50. We were in for it. And most of the time, we were winning it. And that was good to see. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you do, I think as a player, when you... The op- like I said, the opposition didn't really press us, but you can get encouraged by what's in front of you if it's not that good. You know, and like today, that that wasn't a team that were at us and we managed to win the ball back quickly. And then it just encourages you to do it more and more and more. And you feel like you're on the front foot and you need to keep on top of them. And because they sat back so deep, we were always pushing high up the pitch. And, you know, so those loose balls were coming out and we had someone there or thereabouts. And Perez was in that little hole. So he's, he was able to do, you know, close down from those areas. So, yeah, I think we did do it really well and we were encouraged to do it by, by you know, what was in front of us, the poor opposition. But, yeah, it was good to see. And there's nothing better than when you do lose the ball, winning it straight back and just maintaining that pressure that we did today. Because I think from the possession start, the, the pressure that United came under was immense. And, you know, like Brad said, if we'd have gone in maybe two at half time, you know, the second half could have been, you know, another, you know, like a Southampton result. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I think that was why today. But it does help when we can do that and win it back so quickly. Brad, we've had the T word today. Uh, still shake at that. We've had, we've had the, we've had the, we've had the S word. I'm now going to mention the P word because we have been very critical of this guy um, in the past. He obviously, and I said this in the pre-match when we saw that you know he'd been picked. Obviously, there is something Brendan likes about him. As soon as he's fit, he brings him back in um, when, you know, we might have, have chosen somebody else. His performance tonight or to this afternoon? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you, you said it earlier about Iniacho where uh, quite a big, I, I, I'd imagine quite a big base of our fan base would have to eat a lot of humble pie over the last three performances. Uh, about Iniacho and you know I was one of them that probably was more of a, a support of Iniacho that just that, that, that wanted him to, to to come through and you were vice versa with Perez I was a doubter of him and I have to eat humble pie today and I'm happy to eat it before anyone gives me stick in the comments because I've not been a very big advocate of him I, I've criticised him when he's not turned up and performed and in my opinion I thought he, he rightly deserved the criticism he's he's got throughout the season when he's just not turned up and he's not played and he's not involved but today he did his job he was in a role like Julian said earlier that he much prefers and he'd probably pick himself to play in and he stepped up and did the mark so I've got a credit where he did he got a goal ironically it was picked up on my uh, stream his last three goals have all come against Sheffield United yeah. ironically yeah uh, which was yeah. quite a funny start so unfortunately he probably missed them going down next season but Take nothing away from him. Madison. That's his goal next season gone out the window, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But take nothing away from him. You know, when, when the panic amongst the fans, probably more than the fans than anything set in, when Madison injured and Barnes got ruled out for a, a n- numerous weeks, that's a good that's a good score to see pop up. Um, we kind of maybe doubted where we was going to fill that. And, and there was probably a few handful of fans that maybe thought, didn't even consider Perez to step into that role. They weren't even considering him as a name to throw in the mix to step in for Madison, despite you know his you know a lot you know despite his determination to want to play that role uh, as well as Madison. And he's done his job. He's put the shirt on today and he's put in a terrific performance. And I tip my hat to you. I'm going to enjoy my humble pie, Perez. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've eaten a lot of humble pie today with both Inacho who I, I was a big fan of and I criticised him and he has come forward. And I'm going to come back to Inacho at the moment, but if I don't do this, I, I'll be suffering all day. Um, I was just about to say, say good afternoon to, to, to my daughter here. <laughs> yes, Heather, I do know when I see your name, I do know you are my daughter. <laughs> and why, why aren't you with your mother on Mothering Sunday? That's what I want to know. Get the earache for that offer. Later, um, I want to stick with you, Brad, because you are the modern version of our our Lord Christ Jesus. Um, but a lot of Man City fans 
Well, not a lot. There was a Man City fan that was in the BBC chat as the game was on. It was who was really saying a lot of good things about Inacho and the fact that he would sooner have Inacho back than Jesus. Oh, Jesus! I don't. He's not. He's not pronounced it, but you know who I mean. Up Man City, yeah. they, they would sooner have Inacho back. And I'm thinking, like, my God, yes, we you know we are fickle, but yeah, he is in such a good form. Yeah, and like I said, maybe just you know, just maybe, and it, it's it's quite emphatically stated with his performance today, obviously, but just maybe to up front the way he's going. Someone commented earlier that he was like um, his Man City days, and I think you know, me and Julian, probably yourself, at some points when we were d- discussing that show, have, have said that when he was at Man City and getting goals, he always had the calibre of players. You know, he had a Kevin De Bruyne with him. He had a Sergio Aguero. And, and, and you know, maybe Brendan's looked at that. Maybe that's where he's tried to work with Iniacho over the coming, you know, the last you know months or since, since since he's arrived and gone, right, this is where we got, this is how they got the best out of your Man City. How can we implement it here? And, you know, it might only be three games. He's got five goals in them three games. Maybe we have found that nestled that if he works around, if he's in and around players like Vardy, like Madison, like Barnes, like Perez when he turns up and he has a game like today, you're going to see him, you're going to reap the benefits of what he does by getting these goals. And Because, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a striker who's scored five goals in three games and I'd say two of them are contender for goal of the season uh, for mm-hmm. for you know, for Leicester City. So he's proved in the last three games he can do it. Now, as long as they stick with it, which I'm sure they will, he keeps doing it because it was just a fantastic performance. Heather, I think you are actually sat with my son at the moment because you 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 do not even know who these players are, bless you. We played well <laughs> even without Bond or Madison. Let's be honest with you, the one player that you that you know is is Casper, and you haven't mentioned him yet. So I, I do have a feeling that that Sean may be feeding you these lines. You know? Passing notes across <laughs> between the family. <laughs> I think so. I think that's going on here. Um, Julian, it's hard from that to pick out a man of the match, but um, let's just have a look at what um, we're looking at here uh, from Alan, who always obviously picks out our man and rates the manager and the team. And I'm just trying to find it here. It helps if I scroll up and... I haven't I haven't got I haven't uploaded it. Who would your man of the match be? You tell us that while I just try and upload this. Uh, I, th- I mean again I've, I've talked about them already but I thought the top you know we're talking about Perez as the top 3 those three players thought they were ever so lively connect you know worked well together. If you're going on pure football you'd probably look at Vardy. I mean I'd give it any acho today is you know, he's coming out of what's been a tough spell for him and it's now clicking for him. And, you know, I, I agree with what Brad said earlier, but when we do criticise players, you know, they, they probably deserve the criticism. You know, Perez, whether out of position yeah. or not, has sometimes put in substandard performances for, you know, what we're expecting at Leicester City in, in the Premier League and, and, and same with uh, Iniacho. But rightly then today, when they do put a great performance in, you know, we have to give them praise as well. So, and I, I thought Perez was excellent today as well, but... Just for the goals, I mean, the spectacular one was a great strike, but just doing what a striker does, I'd be more happy as a manager, seeing that he's getting into those areas and just, you know, like the first one from Vardy, tapping it in, but he, he showed the desire to get in there and the defender didn't, and that's why it was such an easy goal yeah. for him. But you've got to be making those runs constantly as a striker, and that, for, as a manager, would make me uh, very happy. So I'll give it to to, to Kalichi today. The, the goals were excellent. The work rate, the performance, everything looks like he's got a smile on his face and a spring in his step. So hopefully that continues. Uh, Alan has actually, I managed to get it up. Thank you for that. Uh, Alan went for Inacho there and he's given uh, the manager nine and the team nine. Um, it what? Well, yeah, as we keep saying it was only Sheffield United, but they still got to put the performance in. Agree with that, Brad? Yeah, I do. I agree with what Julian said, and I'll send you the tenor of PayPal for agreeing with me there, Julian. Cheers for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he does deserve it. I think he deserves man of the match. Um, I think it was brilliant to see Vardy show. 
I think he showed today, you know, he's got another side to his game and, you know, not to forget that he's the creator and he can do things to help 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 out the side if he's not putting the ball in the net. He might have been having a boxing match with Iniacho and he scored his three chances today. Um, but I think man, I think man of the match was deserved for Nacho. He's got a match ball that he can box and frame and put on his mantelpiece when he gets home. Um, and he can enjoy the, the performance of a confidence boost in, you know, hat-trick that he, you know, he's he's done well. He's ticked the boxes. And I think he's very worthy of man of the match. Um, I think if the goals have been more spread around, you might have been fighting for it. But because he got a hat-trick, I think you've got to give him as well. To be honest with you, his first hat trick in the Premier League. Um, I think somebody mentioned this earlier. Um, uh, the the next games that are coming up will define our season. You can always say that because I mean we were saying that before these three games that we've just played, and we said you know we all said earlier to come out with seven points against Burnley. Um, all three potentially banana skins, Brighton and Sheffield United. You know, we they are games we should be winning, and and we are winning. But Julian, I mean, these are the games that are coming up. I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice to go one step further than uh, last season and get into the semi-finals, and we get a trip to Wembley, of course, on that. And if we can get to the final, they are talking about uh, some fans being available. And then we've got obviously got Man City at home. God help us with that. They're a different proposition to when we beat them 5-2 at the start. And West Ham, who for me are the surprise team of the season. I'm going to be totally honest with you. But if we can do well there, right, say semi-finals, and then take, you know, I'd probably take a draw and a win from the Man City and West Ham games, if I'm honest with you. But if we can get four points from those games, it pretty much tees us up, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I mean, I think four points is it's not it's not a massive ask, but it, it's, it's a tall order. Obviously, the Man City that we played earlier in the season, um, you know, they, they've really clicked since then. John Stones' form has been excellent uh, alongside Diaz, so you know they're looking like they're in a really strong strong place, and the form shows that. Uh, with the cup, it'd be great. I think you know every year we're talking about the top four. Obviously, that's the main target, but it would be lovely, you know, to be competing in the final and bringing some silverware back, and it'd like to be the icing on the cake with the top four finish. So, I think in those three games for me, the West Ham's the big one. Obviously, if we can put some real distance between you know us and and, and them, in, and we're sitting around fifth place, and I think that that would be you know for me, we win that game, and I think you know fourth is absolutely nailed on. Uh, like I said, but yeah, it'd be nice, nice now just to come away from the league a bit. Look at that semi-final. You know, maybe he might try a few different things. Not sure with the, you know what formation or, or personnel, but uh, I hope that we do like he did in Europe. You know, put a strong team out and show the intent that we're going there to win the game, and that that'd be fantastic. So something, something to look forward to. It's great, Brad, isn't it that we've not. I mean, it's not good that we're not in the Europa League. I'd still like to be in that. I'd love to have played Rangers. But the fact that we're not is great because we've got that cup game next weekend. We haven't got a game midweek, which which, which which is great. Would you take four points from those two games after that? I'd snap your hand off it purely because Man City, I think getting a point off them is going to be very difficult. And, and look, this, this this just makes um, further strengthens the point. Obviously, West Ham play Manchester United uh, later on today, uh, and depending on that result, I, th I think I think if you looked at this Man City and you looked at our run in a couple of weeks ago, you'd have been going, "Oh God, we don't want to be too far off the pace, or we don't want them too far up our backsides." Come that day, because that's going to be hard, and we might need to win it. I think the fact that Leicester have done such a great job over the last three games, and obviously all season, but I'm talking when it comes to the crunch time and, and that game's more closer to it. West Ham are having a great season, let's not forget. They're probably just as informed as we are at the moment with how they're doing. If you can get out of Man City, uh, have the free hit, should you say? I mean, Man Manchester United were able to beat them. There's no reason we can't do a, a double over them, but I'd take a point uh, against Man City. I think anyone would. Um, and if if West Ham don't get three points today, and don't and, and don't keep that gap closed as it is, I think you go to West Ham because I believe that's away from home, isn't it? With our away, yeah. away record, I think you'd be very happy knowing that West Ham are on some very good form and are quite dangerous going forward, and and beat us pretty comprehensively 
early in the season 3-0, I, I would be happy mm -hmm. taking the situation of the manager as it is and, and, and coming away with a result, even if that's just a point, because I think that that only benefits less than more um, if that's the situation when it comes round. And it's going to help us, I think, as Roy said, uh, Man United are away in the Europa League on Thursday. So um, that can only bode us well. Guys, I'm going to say thank you very much. Uh, it's been great. It's been lovely to talk about a win. And it's been lovely to talk about a, let's put it, let's not mince our words, a stuffing, basically. It's almost like it's Christmas. I think... Uh, we, we've 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 got Man City. I think it's five o'clock next Sunday. So hopefully, see you both post match then, be around seven thirty. Julian, as always, mate, thanks for coming on and, and giving us the sensible view. <laughs> <laughs> the cheek. One of one of us has to know what they're talking about, and thankfully, it's you. As <laughs> you guys, thank you. Thanks yeah, so much, mate. Julian, Take care and hopefully, see, see you next bye -bye. week. Cheers now. Bye-bye. And Brad, as well, thanks to you. And, of course, you always talk sense. A lot of it, uh, but you do talk sense. <laughs> thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, no, FA Cup next week. Let fingers cross we're going to be through to the um, semis. Be nice, wouldn't it? Be nice to be talking about that, especially, like you said, with the dis disappointment of going out of Europe. I know it's probably played a great advantage to the running in terms of it. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to say the FA Cup's doable now. We 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 don't have the European competition to fight on and we're kind of probably on to passage new in that one. I think that'll be a one brief visit in that for this yeah. season. Well let's go. I'm gonna go and watch the Tottenham Arsenal and then I'm gonna be cheering on a draw for the two more two draws, Arsenal and Tottenham. Although Arsenal, Arsenal winning would probably be better for us because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's so far it probably would be. And then West Ham, Man United draw. Yeah, Brad, I can yeah. say as always, great to have you on. Thanks very much for coming on and giving us your thoughts. As I say, as always, it is thankful. I'm thankful for you coming on. We'll see you next week. Take care, mate. Take care, mate. Cheers. Thanks to Brad there. Two of them that know what they're talking about, and me. <laughs> it's uh, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. I think I'm the packet of crisps, I'll tell you. Well, <laughs> who's watching Match of the Day tonight? I am. I don't know about you guys, but I am definitely watching Match of the Day tonight. And we might even be on first. I, <laughs> I think we will, unless uh, one of the other games produces a bigger shot than a 5-0. Than a if you want to catch up on the show, we are on, obviously, um, YouTube, um, Leicester Till I Die TV. And we would love it, love it totally if you would be able to give us uh, a like on there. That would be really appreciated and a subscribe. And if you want to listen to us and play this back while you're doing something a lot more interesting, we're on your favourite podcast platform. As you can see there, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor and Google. And I think we're on uh, Podcast Addict as well. Catch us there. Listen up to us. Catch up. Hey, it's been great. 5-0, men against boys. As I always say, it's almost like watching Brazil, isn't it? <laughs> Just about. Take care, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Tuesday for the football show with me and Josh. And we'll see you uh, next week for the FA Cup uh, quarterfinal, which will be a watch-along. So we're going to do another watch-along next week. Take care, guys. Stay safe. All the best. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Take care Matt now. Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube. And follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.